Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Phase One, where we know that the first step of solving any kind of problem is by talking about it, sharing our vision, sharing our opinions, because that's just one step closer to actually getting to a more practical, tangible um, solution. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. So we are going to be continuing with the Student Entrepreneur Series. And today we are going to be talking to our very new guest. Okay, so Reed, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, so first of all, tell me about yourself. Tell me about where you're from, what you're studying. And okay, actually, first of all, if you could live in any other African country besides South Africa, what country would it be? And then you can go into all the other okay, stuff. Okay, that one, that question first. <laughs> I, heard you, I heard you ask that question on the, um, on the last podcast. Uh-huh. I was... Uh, I was thinking, I thought about it then, so I, actually, I, I was going to, I put a mental note, I was like, okay, you need to think about what country you're going to do shit <laughs> So you're prepared. Uh, I, 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 no, I forgot to think about it. Okay, that's uh, good then. That I'm on the spot. Um, another country in, South, in Africa, um, in matric I did a, um, you know, did you guys do an ORT? That kind of, uh, What's one an ORT? Shit, they called it. Anyway, it's like, a, it's, like an assi- it's like a big assignment that you do. Oh. Call, yeah. And then, so I did history and metrics, so I chose oh, um, same. Like history or ORT. And then I did my ORT on uh, Rwanda, like the Rwandan genocide. Oh, anyway, that was, quite gr- that was quite grim. But um, yeah. the story now is that the guy that led, um, he helped Rwanda come to peace and whatever. Um, he's now their president, I think. Um, what's his name? I have no idea, actually. Um, but he's doing good stuff there in Rwanda. Uh, I think they've got, they've got a very low GDP, a very high GDP. Is it? Yeah. And they're very good with recycling. So I'd say Rwanda for that, for that answer. I don't know, for some reason, I thought you'd go for Egypt. I don't know, it just looks like your vibe, like pyramids and cool things and sand. But anyways. (laughs) No, that's a good, I'll go and change my (laughs) answer. And um, what's the next question about myself? Yes. All right. I don't like. I don't like those questions. Um, <laughs> I don't think um, anyone does. Give <laughs> you a good answer. Um, my name's Reed. I'm from Kebeka. Uh, yes, you said it right. Yes, well done. <laughs> In town, born and raised. Um, and I have a pop-up pizza business called Reed's Cheese Pizza. And I am currently in my third year studying law at NMU, also in Kodeha. So now, okay, this this is one question that I've always wanted to ask you. So you're studying law. Okay, what, what subjects did you take in matric? In matric, I took um, history, biology, and what is the last one? Oh, music. Music. Oh, you did music! Oh my goodness, that's and then I did, yeah. hectic. Yeah. Then I, I, did, I had science as an extra subject in grade ten, and then I dropped that after two months. Yo, but I yeah, think I, I probably would have done that, but my parents literally chose my subjects for me, so I basically had no choice. I think the only okay. subject that I chose was history. But anyways, so you're studying law, okay? Why law? Because I'm just thinking you're studying to be a lawyer, but you have a little pizza pop up. Like, I don't know, there's just no, I feel like lawyers are so, like, brr and boring. So, like, why did you pick law? I think, uh, I always, I always loved history. Right? In, mm-hmm. Always in school, I was always uh, into history. And, 
and English, history and English. And then I took science for a bit because I was thinking, okay, great, then maybe, maybe you'd be a doctor or whatever, whatever. <laughs> and then I realized, now nah, that's not for me. Yeah. So then I delved deeper into um, the social sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think law was always in the back of my mind, you know, if you're not going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, maybe like that. Yeah. And, um, I went, so I just, I needed something to do. So I chose law. Just thought it was, it wasn't really planned or anything. I just, you know, um, was grade 11. You got to decide what what are you going to apply for? So I went with law. I got in to NMU and then a few others, but I knew I wanted to stay in PE. Uh And then, so I I went to law and then first year, I really enjoyed it. And then, since then, I just keep learning stuff. And yeah, I enjoy it. I don't know. There's no real like answer to that. Really. Mm-hmm. Well, at I least you enjoy it, it though. I think yeah. that's important. And, and actually, you say now, you know, pizza business, law. But then there's a lot. Every day I'm learning something and it's like, okay, this this applies to my business. I can really? Yeah. So like now, even this morning, I was, I'm doing um, business entities. Oh, um, yes. I forgot that's a module. So we're doing that as and. Uh, it's like all about sole proprietorships and you get partnerships, companies, mm-hmm. whatever. So then now I'm like, oh, okay, my business is a sole proprietorship. I've got all this business. And then you got, yeah. you know, you have to know some other juristic persons. <laughs> so no, it does, it does tie in. And I, and I think now when you when you uh, get to fourth year, you, you can also start picking your own modules. And I know that there's like specifically well, there are modules that are specifically tailored to business and then there's like other different parts of floor. So I guess you are right. It just depends on now what you want to specialize in. Yeah, yeah. So now tell me about your business. When did you actually start? Um, and do, were you always entrepreneurial or is it something that just eventually happened? Or was it maybe inf- influenced by, because I know you guys have foods as well, or was it something that you kind of had at the back of your mind for a while? Um, so I started my business uh, at the end of 2018. So I was just writing my matric exams mm-hmm. at that time. Would have been November, November 2018. And then how it came about was um, my so my dad. He's uh, he's his whole business is the markets and the food truck scene in Port Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, my family's business is that now. Um, I'll give you a backstory later. But uh, so. Um, there was no one doing pizzas at the at the markets, mm-hmm. um, and so they had a big gig coming up. Um, and it was called Beach Camp um, down in you know where Mangold's Pool is, there by Spoon Market. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they were doing this beach festival, and they didn't have uh, someone doing pizzas. So my dad is looking all over. He's like, "Oh, I can't find a pizza guy." And we've always been making pizzas at home. We have a wood fired oven, yeah, mm-hmm. and then. I was just like, okay, I mean, I'm writing my exams now, but I'm not really doing anything. Because, you know, like, you know when you're writing exams in matric, and then there's, like, a week in between your exams. Oh, yes, yeah. So I was, like, kind of bored. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could do something I'm so like glad that. you were bored during your matric exams. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you <laughs> still did IEB. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, so, yeah, then uh, I was like, okay, cool, I can do it. And then, um, yeah, so it just, just started like that. That was our first one, November 2018. Hectic. Um, and being entrepreneurial. So let me just talk about my family business quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and dad, they have a restaurant. Well, they had a restaurant called Films. And then previously that restaurant was a corner store in Buffalo Fontaine Road. You know, mm-hmm. it was there by Mount Pleasant. Yeah. So that was a corner store. 
cornerstone and then that had been that cornerstone had been in my family um for your know, generations like so my dad is a third generation uh immigrant from china mm-hmm. so yeah his great great grandparents came down and they had this corner store in mount pleasant and then um in 2008 now they closed down the corner store and then there's like a spa there now so they built this complex for the spa and then um my parents still wanted to be there so then they started their restaurant there in that same complex with the spa mm-hmm. um so that was the restaurant and then so i pretty much grew up in that restaurant uh that's so fun and that kind of business so um yeah that's how sort of like the entrepreneurial thing started so we were waiters in that thing washing dishes i that's why to this day i hate washing dishes because i really <laughs> can you imagine i was washing pots and pans there in the restaurant um anyway and then they in like 2014 they closed that restaurant and then they ventured into the market events uh food truck kind of business so then now that's like when my grade eight so then from grade eight to grade 11 ish uh i was working with my parents and stuff helping out on the food truck and doing the catering side of businesses and stuff um so yeah i've always been in that sort of thing so it was kind of natural that i would uh, pick up and some yeah. of the tips and then start my own thing yeah but that being said i think you guys have to, because you know obviously everyone knows the food family because we all go to the food trucks we all go to the markets and we see yeah. all of you helping out well, well yeah <laughs> unfortunately not but um yeah. is it do you think all of you kind of have that entrepreneurial side or do you think that it's just some of you that still have an interest in that kind of lifestyle yeah so okay so i have uh four siblings so there's five of us mm-hmm. um and my older sister taylor she's also very um entrepreneurial in that sense mm-hmm. um so my mother she's like the the food side of the business and then my father he uh is very much not um culinarily inclined mm-hmm. uh, he he runs like the business side of it so uh, my sister she's also she takes up for my father, um, very much so. And then I'd say I take a bit from my mother and a bit from my father. So I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know my brother Cole, yeah. he, uh, he studied mechatronics, so he's not really uh, entrepreneurial in that sense. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, no, he, but he's very smart. Um, and then my sister Leah, she's also got her sort of uh, businesses going. She has like a little thrift store and um, like a little baking business on the side. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, so she, oh, she just got, she just finished her trip last year. And then my little brother, Ty, he's still in, he's still in school. So I'd say me and my older sister, we were, we're the, maybe the most entrepreneurial, like with our own uh, individual businesses. But now my sister, my little sister, she's also starting something. So yeah, yeah I think it would, I would say that entrepreneur is going in the family. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you guys literally grew up in that kind of environment. So it's like only natural yeah, yeah, yeah. that there's some element of, entrepreneurial interest that yeah. you know is in all of you but that being said were you what was the scariest thing for you when you started out on this venture because i know like in the beginning it was kind of just like helping out your dad because there wasn't a pizza stall at the beach thing of which my sister and i yeah. actually really wanted to go but then we ended up having a spontaneous trip somewhere but anyways i hope okay. it comes back when we all get vaccinated um yeah but yeah, what what were your fears and what kind of doubts did you have? And do you still have those same doubts and fears now or not so much? 
Um, I'm a very positive person, so I wouldn't say I had any doubts going into it. Um, I knew, so I never like made pizzas, um, how to say, like I didn't really take that much of an interest into it before I said, hey, let me make pizzas. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when I did say that, I had about a month to month to get my get my stuff to um, get my stuff together. So I just YouTube. watched like tons of YouTube videos on how to make pizzas, um, and then I just picked I just picked that up. Um, yeah. So when I started, I guess maybe one of the fears would be, hey, are people actually gonna like this pizza? Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was good. Mm-hmm. from my R&D sessions where I was making all these pieces. <laughs> I knew it was good. And I was like, hey, hey, this is, I can sell this. You know, this is a product uh-huh. that I can, I can get behind. So then maybe that was one of the fears, like, okay, hopefully I sell out, hopefully people buy yeah. this. And then actually on that day, we sold out in like three oh, hours. Oh, that's so good. And the, gig, and the gig was, the gig was like five hours long. So that was cool. We sold out quite early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I get, yeah, it's all learning really, you know, some of the stuff I did on that first day, I'm like, I think back at it, I'm like, oh my word, how, how are you doing that? You know, that doesn't even make sense, you know? Exactly. Um, and now my, now my process is sort of, I've streamlined it a bit, and I, I think I know what I'm doing now. But then, like, if I think back then, I was like, hey, I know exactly what I'm doing, this is easy, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> looking back at it now, I'm like, oh my word, ooh, that's not, that's not good, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think I've grown in the business, really. And fears... Yeah, you need to you need to be a bit fearless when you do these kind of things. You just need to go with it, and then everything will get sorted out in the end. I think. So I actually want to go back to the fact that you only had a month to get ready. So what were your priorities then? Because you you were essentially gonna have to start up this business within a month. Did you have all your yeah. branding and all of that? Like, what was the what was your process of kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. These are the essentials. This is what I need to have. And also just having capital because, I mean, you needed a lot of ingredients and all of that. But I'm sure your, your family probably helped with that. Yeah. So um, let's see. First thing. Okay. So first thing, I, I, needed a, I needed a logo. I needed an image. And um, um, so my sister, she's a graphic designer. My oldest sister, she's a graphic designer uh, by trade. So she helped me out with that quite easily mm-hmm. so I didn't have to go outsourcing um, outsourcing branding so she helped me out with the logo and then obviously it was on me to figure out how to make these pieces so yeah. that was on me to do all the research and stuff and then raising capital so I rent the first time I rented a pizza I think it cost me like 200 rand mm-hmm. really but yeah no, it's so cheap rent. so we, yeah we knew, we knew we know quite a few people oh yeah well, my dad knows quite a few people um, and I need, so I knew these guys that had a pizza truck, um, like a portable pizza oven. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, we rented it from them. And we actually, we rented that oven for maybe the first six months of actually doing the business. Mm-hmm. So every time we had a gig, we'd say, hey, can we borrow your oven? Yes, 20 bucks. That's how it worked for like the first six months. We were just borrowing, uh, well, renting this pizza oven. Um, and then ingredients and stuff. So pizza, yeah, it's not really that expensive to make a pizza if you really think about it. You make a flour, water, uh, cheese, and then you make your sauce. So it's not really that expensive, but you know, making a good pizza uh, requires you need you need to put a lot of effort into it for it to really be good. Yeah, I can imagine because I mean, Quality. you want people to come back, so it can't just be any random bit of flour put together with some sauce. It actually has to be like 
you know, yeah. the vibes. When I, first, when I first started, I was, when I was watching these YouTube videos, I sort of settled on, like, a traditional oh, Neapolitan yeah. alien pizza. So that was, like, my idea in the beginning was, I'm going to do um, this, like, traditional Neapolitan pizza, which no because no one's doing that. No one was doing that in mm. or yeah, at that time. Um, so I'm like, hey, I haven't seen these, like, uh, you know, like the long fermentation of the dough um, using like mozzarella and not, you know, orange cheddar cheese mm-hmm. and, you know, putting sort of an emphasis on how good a dough can be um, opposed to, you know, you like, you go to your Debonairs and the main thing is the toppings. Yes, not really, yeah. <laughs> not really the dough or the sauce or whatever. So that was sort of my thing in the beginning was I'm going to do like an authentic, real good quality Neapolitan pizza so that what is what I started with and yeah so in the beginning I was only planning on doing just cheese pizzas and that sort of went like that for yeah like probably the first six months maybe even a year I just did cheese pizzas mm-hmm. um, just one product and then that was my idea it was, like, <laughs> it was like super minimal and it was just one pizza one thing on the menu 70 bucks take it or leave it that was the that was sort of the business plan mm-hmm. and it worked for it worked for that time and then you kind of get bored of it, you know. You need to be able to adapt. So I was like, okay, cool, now I must try different things. Yeah. Uh, so I went, so I tried, um, when was this now? Say, middle of 2019, I sort of um, tried a different style of pizza. So I went with like a New York style pizza. And then I love doing that as well, like experimenting with different yeah. those. Because, um, yeah, there's so many different regional styles of pizza out there. You know, you get the Detroit style. Um, Milan, they've got a style of pizza, Chicago. Really? Uh, Hectic. I honestly never knew. I thought pizza was just pizza. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the thing. So when you watch like all these, you know, you can find out so much stuff on YouTube. There's so much like uh, information Dude, out there. Dude, YouTube is amazing. I could sit there for hours. Yeah, so that's really just like what I did. I just sat there for hours watching uh, pizza videos. Um, yeah. So, and I still do that today. Like every day I'm watching pizza videos. Said the um, lawyer student, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah you, have to have a, you have to have a passion for, yeah. for what you're doing. Yeah? Otherwise, there's, there's no point. But I must say, with what you're saying, that there's actually, like, the fact that you like to experiment and do different types of things. To be honest, the only kind of niche pizza that I knew about was New York Slice. Because, I mean, everybody yeah. talks about New York Slice. It's everywhere. Obviously, it's there in New York. And their pizza is amazing. But no, I was going to say, oh, yeah, you were talking about um, Roman's Pizza and Debonair's. The one thing I must say that I absolutely love about your pizza is the crust. Like, I, I feel like no one values that. And even if you ask for crust at Roman's or um, Debonair, they give you this funny rolled up stuff that honestly does not do justice for what i want and what i like in my mind when i say i want like a nice cute puffy soft crust like they don't do that and um and i think that's where you kind of have a competitive advantage how you you, it's literally your own kind of pizza it's completely different from what they do as well yeah well so that's the thing like that's sort of a characteristic of the of the semi-neapolitan style pizza is that's their emphasis their emphasis is on the crust because i think pizza started from bread making so i think people forgot that along the way and then they were like oh meat lovers oh uh, yes that kind of vibe so yeah crust is it's very important and it's something i focused on Uh, yeah i didn't even realize that pizza came from bread making they probably made a mistake one day and then they were like oh wait we can make pizza (laughs) that's so cool like there's also a lot of history in pizza um 
So yeah, back to liking history, you know, law and pizza. Yeah. Connection I see the full circle now, though. And it literally makes sense. And all the things that you liked are literally coming together in your little pizza yeah. business. Now that I'm like looking yeah, at everything together. It's pretty cool, actually. So how have you evolved from just the mini little pop-up that you did at a beach event up until now? What are the new kind of events or ways of making money with your pizza business that you've kind of had to kind of adopt in your business to kind of grow and scale and try new things since you did say you do like to experiment and do other things so how have you grown in that sense well so prior to covid the business was growing naturally because we were doing more events doing Mm -hmm. more markets doing more festivals um more people were inviting us to do their weddings oh really yeah like business like agms uh-huh. We were doing quite a few of those, and then obviously COVID struck, and then everything halts to a standstill, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no more markets, no more events. So you kind of forced to adapt, which is quite a good thing because I'm, I mean, the business is very pic- flexible. It's a pop up business at the yeah. end of the day. So, I mean, it can be anything I want it to be, really. Mm. Um, so, when that happened, we were in level five lockdown, and you know, you don't have access to your customers anymore. So you've got to rethink, okay, how am I going to get my product out there? Because obviously we still need to make money. Mm. Um, so then, uh, I'd, I, so I do a lot of research as well, like different pizza, pizzerias around the world. So I was looking at what all these other guys are doing overseas, you know, New York, um, pe- actual people in Naples. Yeah. I follow quite a few pizzerias in Tokyo. They, they're very creative, those guys. Um, and, what was common between all of them was they were moving towards frozen pizzas. Oh, um, right. So then that's so then I was like, okay, cool, I can I can do this. So I did a little bit of research on you know how to freeze your dough. Um, yeah. What happens when you reheat it? And then within like a week or so after going into level five lockdown, we had this product. Okay, we got frozen pizzas. Now we need to figure out how to distribute it. Yeah. And then. Um, at that time, there was a, a guy, his business had, was called Groceries for You. Mm-hmm. And then they were doing like uh, to your door uh, food deliveries um, during level five lockdown. Because remember, you couldn't, you, there was like, you couldn't go out to get your groceries and stuff. It's kind of weird thinking about it now. Yeah, like, I know. It was insane. You're stuck in your house. So then this guy would deliver food to people's doors. So we partnered up with him, and then yeah, we were pushing frozen pizzas. Wait, was it uh, groceries for you, or was it veg to you? There was a few of them. At oh, that time. But yeah, his one was called his one was called groceries for you. Okay. Yeah. So we partnered with them, and then yeah, we were moving our frozen pizzas, and and then now as so then as lockdown sort of eased, we went through the levels. Then um, we started doing uh, deliveries of hot pizzas again. Mm-hmm. So then I had to tap into the delivery side of it. Like, okay, how do I do this? And then you got to look at like making Google Forms. Um, that was during level four. Yeah. And then, so let me just go through all the stages of, because as, as COVID, as in every uh, lockdown stage, I've yeah. got sort of like a different business, pretty much. Oh, hectic. <laughs> My so, word. So like, so, so level five, we're doing frozen pizzas delivered to your door. And then level four, we're now doing hot pizzas delivered to you. Um, level three, we started doing like call and collect. Yeah. So you can DM me on Instagram or you can like phone me, WhatsApp me, and then you come collect your pizzas. Um, 
there was that one level two and then level two we started doing um just like pizza parties is what i call it oh so, yes i remember uh, down in chiki's yard then we do our pizza parties every friday and then uh yeah people would just come to that that was quite busy so from level two to level one that was all we were doing like every friday also we would um pop up there and then have like a pizza party people come through they sit down eat their pizza so that was quite cool and that lasted for yeah i'd say until when was it now um what is it now may mm-hmm. until may and then uh, now uh it's now level two level three lockdown so now we trying i'm trying to go back to frozen pizzas yeah um but i need to do something different so um like social media wise oh yes uh so so now i'm starting getting into instagram reels i made a reel the other day um because instagram reels what's cool about that one is that uh you can you can access a lot of um people yes without needing to follow them or anything your follower base yeah Yeah. so usually my interest so i've got like 600 followers on instagram Mm -hmm. uh, on my page and then say we get like maybe 200 interactions you know with people yeah but now i posted this reel on when was it like two three days ago and within 30 minutes it's accessed five like 500 interactions no ways that's insane almost 2000 views on you know a a reel which i just put out you know so that's what i'm i'm looking into so that's sort of the business i'm looking into now is uh putting reels out there um and uh trying to get my frozen pizzas out that way yeah. But it's also very so like, helpful if you like know how to really capitalize and maximize on the Instagram algorithm because like I don't know this yeah. this is a specific pattern in which you need to post and kind of interact with your no, with your users because yeah so I feel like mastering that is also like a very easy and also like there's no cost that's involved you just kind of need to know how to post when to post and all of that um, yeah. but I actually wanted to ask you I remember the one time. Um, I don't know if I DM'd you for pizza and yeah. I I don't remember, but I think I was speaking to Chelsea, a friend of mine, cause she also ordered from you. I think, were you not doing drone, um, deliveries at some stage? And I remember speaking to her and I was like, dude, like, I don't want this thing to come and bomb my house. Like, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm going to be joking. I was like, how the even, like, how did, when oh, did, okay. how long did <laughs> you experiment with that? <laughs> No, no, no. I don't know where you got that idea from. Drone, drone, drone delivery. Um, no, I never did. Someone, I'm not even joking. Someone told me that Reed is delivering his pizzas with a drone, and I was like, "How? Like how even?" I, think I may have, I may have joked to someone like oh. sarcastically, and maybe they took it seriously. <laughs> uh, that happens quite a bit. So <laughs> I was like, "No ways! I'll just wait until COVID ends and get a pizza because I'm not trying to get this random thing in my house." Um, and then, oh, yeah. So one now, day, maybe one day. sorry, maybe one day we'll we'll move into. Oh, if you but do that, today. if you do that, I'll just be like, you know what? It's fine. I don't need pizza. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the time that I DM'd you about pizza, cause I remember my sister really wanted pizza and you said, um, that you were working with other shops and getting them to kind of like sell them on your behalf. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. Do you, how, what was the process like, like approaching these shops and asking them, um, if you were rejected at any other shops, like how, how was that? How did you uh, handle that? that? Um, so that was, yeah, that was also, I think that was during level three lockdown. 
Mm. And then we'd been pushing this frozen product and quite a lot of people were interested in it. Um, and then I think I told, I recommended you go to Prior, Prior Prawns and Warner. And I recommended you go there because they were stocking uh, the pizza at that time. Yeah. Um, I think they DM'd me on Instagram and said, hey, we like the product. Would you be interested in it? Are you serious? So yeah, that's how we started. That's how we started stocking stuff there. Yeah. That is so cool. And it must have been so exciting being DM'd by a proper establishment. Like, that must have been quite a vibe. Um, so, the next question, like the next official question, not these little funny things that I keep putting in everywhere. Um, as a young South African entrepreneur, what has been the most frustrating, uncontrollable external factors that have made this whole process of running and developing your business difficult? What do you mean by that? Like, um, what makes it difficult? So, for example, I'm so sorry. I think my neighbors are cutting their grass and they're right next door. But anyways, it's fine. Um, so, for example, if... Okay, I, I remember speaking to another business that started a couple of years ago. And they said that... In cert- so, they, they're a delivery business. They deliver groceries and fruit and fresh vegetables and all of that. And they said that certain areas of Port Elizabeth where they have to go and deliver foods... Um, particularly the township areas, the quality of roads are just not up to par. And that has an impact on the kind of vehicles that they have because, I mean, they are students, so the kind of cars that they have are obviously secondhand. And so, um, and then I also spoke to um, another gentleman who has his own business, and he was talking about um, at some stage uh, when load shedding was, you know, at its peak, there were moments where. Um, they didn't really stick to the load shedding schedule and sometimes electricity would just go and he had a baking business and you know that when you start baking something and like halfway through electricity is gone you can't use that anymore that's all that mix all that batter that has gone to waste and you throw it away and start again so kind of like the uncontrollable economic or socio-economic issues that that are faced in South Africa you can't really control them but you kind of have to try and work around them work around it yeah um so obviously covid is the massive one yeah because that sort of put my whole business to a standstill and then you've got to rethink it really so covid is the main thing but i think that affects everyone um with regards to load shedding uh my business it's very uh, off the grid in the sense that uh my oven is either powered by gas or yeah um, gas or wood so i don't really rely on lights um, and if we are relying on lights, then you can get those solar power things. So, load shedding doesn't really affect me that much. Um, the water crisis now, that's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you can, yeah, because the water crisis, yeah, especially here in PE, that's going to be a problem. But it hasn't really affected my business yet. Um, one external factor which does affect my business is, uh, since it's a pop-up business, and we're not usually inside, but sometimes we're inside, but most of the time we're outside. So, the weather... Um, yeah, that does affect. That does oh, affect yeah. Business. You know, sometimes if it's if it's pouring with rain, which hasn't died in a while, but when it was pouring with rain, um, we would have to say, okay, guys, sorry about that. It rained out for today. Um, come back next week. But, um, yeah, no, not, nothing really that's affecting me that much um, externally, yeah. Well, I guess it's a good thing for you, and especially in PE where rain is basically non-existent, then yeah, the weather aspect of things is not really... Um, affect you which is good um but now okay so 
looking from the time that you started your business up until now and obviously the various stages where you have to try and scale and regroup or rebrand whatever it is that you do to develop and improve your business do you think that there is enough okay say now you didn't have your parents and their background to help do you think that there is enough um help out there that is specifically tailored to um entrepreneurs in south africa because i mean if to give you an example um, I had a friend who was trying to register a business and go through all that process and all of that. And she said, she, yeah. she obviously um, jumped onto YouTube and tried to watch a whole lot of videos. And she said that you'll find a lot of content from Americans, but you can't obviously, like, the way that things are done there, um, it's obviously not the same here. And South Africa, there isn't a lot of information, particularly on YouTube, helping you. Yeah and giving you all that advice and what, like what are the steps where do I go how do okay. I register this and at what stage or when am I making what amount to register with say now SARS or something like that so what do you think do you think there's enough help or do you think that more needs to be done to help young entrepreneurs okay yeah so I'm fortunate that my parents uh, are in the same you know sort of business and then so they can help me out with any problems that I'm having um, that's also related to their business. So like uh, getting a health certificate, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so like if I need help with something that they can't help me with, yeah, where do you go? Um, especially in a South African context. Yeah. Probably I, I, would, I would go to YouTube or I would Google something. Um, I haven't really had a problem yet that I can't solve yeah. um, through like research like that. But yeah, if I had to register my business for SARS, I wouldn't have really start. But I'd probably just ask my parents, yeah. Or ask Google. I feel like Google and YouTube be, are yeah. the best. <laughs> and I'd say like, like in other places, people always make the argument, you know, why are we living about um, all these like irrelevant things in other when they should be teaching us how to do taxes, how to buy a house, etc., etc. Um, so that's something that should be considered, you know, yeah. how to start your own business. And you learn that in other at school from a young age, so they should probably incorporate in that that into the system, into the curriculum. And funny enough that you mentioned that, I was actually reading. Uh, I recently bought the Forbes Africa magazine, the recent one. Okay. And there's a there's this lady that had been so for the past ten years she's been battling it out with the government to try and um, get in a new module in high schools that is purely based on entrepreneurship and business management. Um, and apparently yeah. the government is just making it so difficult. Imagine spending 10 years of your life just trying to get one new subject into the school system. That's, yeah, that's insane. But anyways, and that's, yeah, we'll sad. get there. It's sad that that's the way. Because, I mean, especially now in South Africa, what's our unemployment rate? It's like 33%. Yeah, basically. So imagine if it was a it was a prescribed subject in school yeah. on how to be your own boss. I mean that the, the implications of that it would be so it would help so many people really, or at least it would plant the seed to help so many people. And the the problem, like with with what you're saying about the unemployment rate, there's two types of definitions of an unemployment rate. There's like the standard definition, and then there's the open definition. So the 33% or the 32.6% that they're speaking about, that excludes um, people that aren't looking for jobs. So there's this like term that says unmotivated um, people. So people that have stopped looking for work. 
So you get people that have been looking for work for like five, six, seven years. They get to a point where they're just like, you know what, guys, there's literally nothing for me. They stop looking for work. So now they're not considered as unemployed because you're not actively looking for um, work. So the real unemployment, yeah, the real unemployment at the moment is about, um, last time I checked when I did my project last year, I think it was about 40, 47%. I don't know, but I'm speaking on a correction. So it's actually crazy that they want to stick to this cute little defined percentage, but it's actually dismal out there. And youth unemployment is also another level. But anyways, so um, knowing what you know now, sorry. Nah, just youth unemployment. Another story. <laughs> That's literally another story. It's so depressing to think about, guys. <sighs> but anyways, um, it's not fine, but we move. Um, yeah, but. So knowing what you know now and having gone through all the experiences, you know, YouTubing everything and um, also the fact that you worked through each different level and you kind of tailored your business to adapt to each level, which is absolutely amazing. Um, what advice would you give to someone out there who's trying to do the same thing or trying to start a similar business? But obviously for them, the chances of them having a family that has a background that your family does is probably pretty low. Um, so what kind of advice would you give someone out there who wants to start something similar? Okay. So first thing would be to find something which no one else is doing um, and then follow that. So like there's lots of people out there making burgers, right? Yeah. But there's not many people out there making their own burger patties with like their own meat blend um, and like, uh, like their own artisanal bun and whatever. Yeah. So be be unique and then focus on quality. Um, and don't do too many things. I think that helped me in that when I first started, I just did, I had my pizza and I was going to make that the best pizza that you can get in the market um, anywhere. Mm. Uh, and then focus on, focus on that. Um, so that would be the first thing is to find something and then make it unique and focus on the quality. That would be the first thing. And then also just be consistent with it. Um, there's no point on you know starting a business one day and then like putting a lot of effort into it and then the next day like oh maybe maybe I don't feel like doing this today and then you leave it for a while mm. and then you come back to it so you need to be consistent and then I think the customers come with that if you if you're consistent with it yeah. then the business will follow um, and then another thing would just be you know just be passionate about what you're doing. Um, you, you're gonna need to love it if, if you're gonna put yeah. all this. If you're gonna want to have your own business and still study and still maybe have a social life, then <laughs> maybe like, you, you're gonna have you're gonna have to find time. I think lots of people, lots of people say, "Oh, I don't have time to do yeah. this. I don't have time to go maybe get like a part-time job because I'm studying or whatever." But we spend a lot of time on our phones and um, we waste a lot of time. Yeah. I think that's so true. So yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe put the phone down. Actually, no, don't put the phone down because you can learn a lot on your phone. <laughs> but just be productive. Yeah. Be productive with, with your time. Yeah, it depends on what you're doing on your phone. Yeah. Oh, just be positive. I think lots, lots, lots of people have a negative uh, outlook on things. Yeah. Especially here in South Africa. It's very easy to have a negative outlook on things. Um, yeah. But a lot of I would agree with that. I think a lot of people also, I don't know how to say this without sounding mean, but a lot of people just feel sorry for themselves. And obviously, if you're already negative about your like environment, it's very easy for you to just be 
complacent about everything and not see the good in everything. But I guess, in a, in a sense, having the ability to be positive is a privilege. Like, if you're able to see the good in things, I think it's something that we do take for granted. Not everyone has, like... I feel like also depends on the environment that you grew up in. If you grew up in an area of nothingness, that's what you know. You don't know what it is to be positive. You know what I mean? Um, well, definitely, I was, priv- I was privileged that my parents were were able to help me so yeah. much. Um, yeah. So, no, definitely. But I think one. what's also great is the fact that you utilize that environment you didn't kind of just like let it go you were like okay well i have parents it can help me so i'm gonna use this opportunity you know yeah um another thing that i wanted to ask um actually how how is your supportive system been um so obviously your family supports you but in terms of your friends and people in the outside circle did you find that people were super supportive or did some people kind of like what are you doing now you know what i mean and also how important is it for you to have that supportive circle do you think it's you like you have to depend on it or do you think it's just like um you kind of just like it's not that it's not necessary as long as you have yourself and your passion and what you really want to do that's all that matters yeah no definitely at the end of the day it's it's your business and you need to run with it regardless of what anyone else has to say about you know that everyone can say things but are they are they doing anything you know on their part. True, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my family obviously is very supportive. Friends as well. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you. What are you going to do? Do you want to have this business? If you do, then that's what you need to go with. You need to put all your effort into that then. Full yeah. speed ahead. So, what's next for Reed's Pizza? What are the plans? What's next? Um, so, currently, yeah, like I said, I'm working on my reels. Mm-hmm. Trying to get reach more people and then yeah eventually maybe sell more pizzas so yeah as in now it's like level three lockdown and it looks like things might be getting worse so for the foreseeable future as in like maybe like the next two three months i'll probably be focusing on like the frozen side instead of you know popping up and doing like hot pizzas yeah um fresh ones so frozen pizzas that that's now like the foreseeable future and then you know in the in the next future, you know, no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, but since it's a pop-up business, I mean, it will follow me wherever I go. Yeah, which so is good. I've got one. I've got one more year left on my degree, and then I'd probably like to do my masters and articles. Um, maybe not here in the GQE. Um, <laughs> maybe in another city. But then I would just take it with me. So say I go to Cape Town. Um, I'll pop up there, you know, go to the markets there, Joburg, same yeah. thing. Even overseas, I would just pick it up there. You know, all you need is your hands and maybe find a, a heat source. Yeah. Or a little oven somewhere. And then you could just you could just start making pizzas. So, yeah, it'll follow me wherever I go. Uh, I don't think I'll stop doing it. Maybe once I start working, it'll become more of a part. Like, uh, like actually... Even when I started working, you know, most markets are on the weekends. And most food truck oh, games, true, yeah. and that I know of, most of them are all, some of them have a part-time job. Some of them do it full-time. But, you know, some people have a part-time job. So maybe mm. on the weekends, then I'll be making pizzas, you know, until I die. So I, I don't think it'll go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, no, I hope not. Because everybody loves Reed's Pizza. I mean, who doesn't like Reed's Pizza? Unless maybe you're vegan, yeah. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're lactose intolerant. Oh, yes. Although I know lots of lactose but I think I'm lactose intolerant myself. Same, same, actually. But you know, we do it for the cheese. So. 
So Reed, this has been super fun. And I'm so glad I finally got to ask the questions that I've been thinking about. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. I've had so much fun. And yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone else is going to enjoy this. So, um, yeah, man. All right. Thanks a lot.